0: Me to be an old lady and wrap a blanket around I was me. just gonna say,
1: Catherine, why don't you put a blanket over your legs if you're cold?
0: I just so happen to have a knitted shawl right within <laughs> arm's reach, okay? You gotta- I'm an old lady. I have to get started soon. So I've already acquired The knitted shawl, I have (laughs) a big house coat that I wear, (laughs) and fluffy slippers, and I shuffle around on my days off. That
1: is great. Now, when you pulled out the shawl, did you have to remove the knitting needles from the basket?
0: Alas, I'm not good at knitting, so this one was knitted for me, so Uh, no, I did not. All right.
1: Well, (laughs) God damn it. We are just ready to be the dirtiest perverts on the face of the earth, aren't we?
0: You forgot dirtiest old perverts. We're not old.
1: (laughs) We are vintage.
0: Okay, you keep telling yourself (laughs) that.
1: The show you're about to hear is for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. That means you don't have to listen to it. But if you're curious... Here we go. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? The Birdie Podcast! Scared that your desires might be strange? The Podcast. Well, come and join our kinky world of play. The Birdie, <laughs> Birdie Podcast! Yeah. Hello and welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the human mind. Recording live through Zencaster
0: again tonight. I think what's happening is that Zencaster is demanding that we try it twice before it allows us to start recording. <laughs> Two seems to be the magic number
1: boogie. It just loves us and it just wants us to spend more time in Zencaster so. <laughs> land. That's what it does. It's like, you know, these lame podcasts, you know, Zencaster, they must record a thousand million podcasts and they're probably all lame like you know baking channels and you know lug nut fastening and so it's like here we get something like i am about to tell you about i had today earlier in the day a very short but amazing fully ds play scene And uh, I'm pretty excited about it, actually. What?
0: In your Uh, mind? You mean this was a fantasy or a dream? No, this was
1: with an actual woman, Kathy.
0: What?
1: An actual woman. I go into the market and I get my, you know, I get some food and, you know, my salad stuff and some avocados and, you know, and I go up to the line and uh, there's the cashier that I like because she's, you know, she's real cute and, you know. I always smile at her, you know, through the mask, but she can feel it. She can uh-huh. feel she can feel the intensity of my uh predator nature. And without even without even thinking about it, she sees my bag of avocados come towards her. She picks it up, she twists it and ties my bag of avocados for me. That's service, <gasps> Kathy. That's <gasps> service. Then Oh my god. Then I get up to there and I look her in the eye and she calls me hun. That's an honorific. That's oh an honor God. that is an honorific, okay. Kathy. I asked you if this was a
0: dream and you said no. This was not <laughs> a dream. <laughs> this
1: happened. And then at the end she made sure to make eye contact with me and she said thank you. And have a nice day, which I guess is uh-huh. kind of like aftercare check-in. But that's uh-huh, a uh-huh. that's a fucking DS scene. That is a deus play scene, Kathy. It
0: it is telling how far you're willing to reach, Boogie, because you must be that desperate.
1: It's true.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's because it's true. She
1: tied my avocado bag, Kathy, and turned me on because it was just It's okay, Boogie. She's just like, nobody does that for me. That I was know. pure like that was that was the same as literally like go get me a glass of water with three ice cubes. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, master. And she they leave with their collar and just you know no clothes except cuffs and collars. And oh my god, boogie! It's boogie. The, it could have been that.
0: It could have been in, I asked you fantasy. This sounds like a fantasy. And I got to No, you said, was this in your
1: head? You said, was this in your head or real? It was real to me. And we're going to talk in a second about the world and what's real and you know what applies to us. But okay. to me,
0: this was <laughs> real Kathy. Don't you take it from me. I won't take it from you. Because the reality is that as, as much as I'd like to shake my head at you and go, oh, Boogie, you're so pathetic. The truth is that I am probably equally as pathetic because I'm starting to have all kinds of, of fantasies and... Uh, uh, imaginings about people I know in regular life. I'll just be sitting there with someone that I normally just will talk to and suddenly this fucking fantasy will pop into my head. I'm like, oh, I I have to walk away right now.
1: You're like sitting there with the gardener or something and you're like, fuck my fucking horny tits. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's getting bad, Boogie. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, you got to jump into that swingers game you were talking about.
0: It's true, but you know what? I'm, I'm at Old Navy the other day doing some clothes shopping. All right. right. And you know how they have those bright fucking lights in the dressing rooms? No. I think you can see where this is going. No,
1: that's what a swingers party is for. Dark, <laughs> dark, Kathy. We are at the dark ages. This isn't the Renaissance. This is the dark ages, meaning I, <laughs> that you and I only perform sexually in the dark
0: i can't help i'm first of all i'm addicted to old navy this is the fucking second or third time yeah, i've had this blast of fucking reality i have to stay away from that store someone needs to keep jesus me away jesus
1: christ there. why go to old why not go to young <laughs> For forever not- 21 or something you know like because i'm, uh, I'm put you- old okay you, not forever 21 <laughs> you gotta put yourself in the zone kathy <laughs> No. You gotta be the usefulness <laughs> that you apparently don't see anymore.
0: I just don't see it. And all I see is those bright lights and, you know. <laughs> bright lights and Veracruz frames! Uh huh. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Write that song for me
1: that should be a musical that should be a broadway bright bright lights and varicose veins
0: i would watch it i would pay to watch that
1: (laughs) just an entire musical about that middle-aged time when stuff just starts falling off and you have to accept the golden years this all leads to the you know what let's get to that topic Okay. That wow, 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 wow. life is the place. Wow, wow, wow. Talk about genital torture in subspace. Wow, 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 wow. We share our kinky thrills wow, 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 wow. with perverts from around the world. Yeah, perverted podcast talking about that life, motherfucker.
0: All right, this is a very, very good one, and <coughs> I believe. <coughs> uh, what? Uh? <coughs> Ahem. Uh-huh. Oh, did I forget something uh-huh. important?
1: You're, you're a little starting thing. thing well, I think that th-
0: every listener of the show can recite that for me at this point. No,
1: <laughs> not every new listener, Kathy.
0: All right, here we go. For your piece of mind. this what the author talking <laughs> about Kathy? today. What? Kathy?
1: Huh? what? Yeah. Kathy? It is a yes? small discipline. <laughs> it is a small discipline.
0: Don't tell me about discipline. My whole life is about discipline. <laughs> Well, I just went high-pitched there for a second, so I think I need a break.
1: (laughs) For your peace of mind, please know that the author of every post has specifically given us permission (laughs) to talk about it, even during (laughs) Kathy's mental breakdown.
0: (laughs) No one's going to give us permission now that they've heard this breakdown. They're like, Kathy's losing it. We're not giving her permission for anything. Although I... Listen, I have to give a a huge shout out to, is it Path Girl who's doing all of this stuff for us? Yeah, she's putting stuff together.
1: Yeah, she's been asking for permission.
0: She created a whole Google Doc, gives me access to it, and it's just doing all the work I used to do. And I'm like, I love her so much. I just love her so much for doing all that work for the podcast. That is you, amazing to me.
1: Path Girl is doing good. We're having good conversations. People are liking. Paddle Bob has a crush on her. Uh, you know, so uh, <laughs> so it's it's all good. We got a good team here at the double P. At the the du- double play and got a good thing. So let's let's uh, jump into right. the post.
0: Yes, she got a good one. This one is is by Wandering Words who wrote a post called Life Doesn't Care and the World Isn't Fair. You know, Boogie, it sounds like something (laughs) you would find.
1: This is yours. It sounds like something that you would live or carve on your tombstone. (laughs) (laughs) If we're going to be real, let's get it. It's true.
0: Okay. Uh, They say, life doesn't care, the world isn't fair, and it surely doesn't owe us anything. Sometimes good people get hurt in terrible ways. Sometimes. We will work as hard as we possibly can, give everything we possibly have in us, and it won't fucking matter. Life continues on, regardless of how hurt, how angry, how unfair we think it is. Life goes on even after we pass away. It's not testing us. That's just reality. That's how the world works. How we choose to respond is the only control we really have. We have the choice to stay stuck, to stay miserable, to stay bitter and angry at the world. Or we can do what life does. Go on. I want to make the world a little bit better in general for humanity because while life doesn't care, I still do.
1: Oh, bravo. Bravo, bravo.
0: Wandering
1: words indeed. They have wandered correctly into our realm. <laughs> this is, I mean, this is good because I love. Uh, I mean, it's like happy nihilism, you know. It's like the message that I want you to give half the time. Uh, Who me? It, yeah. What do you mean? Nothing. That, what? But, what but, is that? What a squirrel? Are you waiting, Kathy? Squirrels. Hey, do you like what? squirrels? Oh,
2: squirrels. Oh.
1: <laughs> but I like the fact that that we can we can deal with something that a lot of people, you know, try to avoid, and we talk about, you know, oh, life's not fair. Life's not fair, and and and. And it's actually I was thinking about nature because a lot of people, you know, whether it's their religion or their spirituality, they say nature, you know, as if it has some sort of predestined pre thought into our destiny and what we're supposed to do and whatever. And it doesn't. There's no evidence to that. Uh, I was really thinking. And so here's here's my thing. I'm going to throw it on you, Kathy. All right, throw it on me. Because I wanted to figure out what nature was because it's not spiritual to me. Nature is the consistent actions and reactions of biology, weather, and space. And that really helped me because it helped me understand that I'm just a part of a flow of things. So often as as like a human, I'm trying to be arrogant and I'm trying to control and I'm trying to dig in my heels and literally pull some imaginary rope and stop the earth from turning so I can have some sort of control over my life. And and it just, it's not going to work.
0: Yeah. I think that's all of life is that. It's trying to gain some control and understanding of what's going to happen before it happens so that we can maneuver our lives in the direction we want it to go. And it's a hard, hard day when you realize that's not possible because life doesn't fucking care.
1: Well, it's not even that it doesn't care. It's just there are so many billions and billions of variables that are interacting and having actions and reactions that there's no way that we're going to be able to control all of those things. The only thing we can do is to maybe look a little bit down the river and see if we can swim to a better, a better place. But even that, you don't know a fucking root can come undone from the bottom of the river and come up and pierce your head, you know, and, and there you go. You're, you're done floating. You have to be able to adapt because you can sit around for years waiting for your God or karma to justify your suffering or create some sort of vengeance against the people that harmed you. But each day you sit around and wait for that, each day I've sat around and waited for that is another day that I just missed. Opportunities to have some good moments, yeah. because I was so caught up in waiting for that
0: right well, uh, this you mentioned nihilism in the beginning, you call, said this is almost like happy nihilism, and I've always had an issue with that word because when I woke up one day and realized that my faith in a religion or an organized universe of any fashion had suddenly disappeared. And that's that's actually how I felt one day when I woke up, and I, kn- I knew it, I, it had been coming for a while. So I know that it wasn't really like that. That's just the way that it appeared to me. Right. It was a it was a blessing and a curse because, of course, I spent my entire life thinking that that the universe was an entity or was that there was some meaning that there was a purpose, and uh, it's not fun to have that ripped out from under you. But at the same time, it if you choose for it to be and you embrace it, which I'm not going to say was an easy thing to do, but if you do, it can be an immensely liberating thing because it means that you have more power than you realized in your hands. Yes. And again, I'm going to reiterate that it's not easy because having spent a lifetime with those core beliefs embedded does not mean that they ever disappear. They really don't. So it's a matter of constant course corrections on my part to try and, find the meaning for myself. And that's why I've never had a problem with the word nihilism. The day my faith disappeared, I instantly became nihilistic. But nihilism, and in particular existential nihilism, simply means that you believe there's no inherent value or meaning to life. In other words, it's the value and the meaning that you give it. It doesn't have to be depressing just because you start from that. That, that foundation, if that is the premise that you begin with, then you can go on and give it the meaning that you determine, just like Wandering Words does when they say, I want to make the world a little better because while life doesn't care, I still do.
1: I think that's so, so powerful to just remind yourself of that. And in regards to my kink and my sexuality, I have to understand that the universe doesn't owe me new dates. It doesn't owe me partners. It doesn't owe me sitting around and feeling like I was wronged at threshold or, you know, that this situation isn't compatible to me being a love God or whatever. This is, I have to flow that I am floating down the river this way. The current is going this way. It's pulling me this way. I don't have a choice if I want love in my life, if I want play in my life, if I want sexuality in my life, I have to start paddling in that direction. Even if I at one point had all these things that, that benefited my ability to do that, I don't have them now. And I can sit and cry or I can literally just, well, what, what can I do today? Well, I can, you know, I can try to organize these things and get my life together this way and I'm selling stuff and I may be moving out of state and, you know, I'm trying all these different things. I'm buying clothes. I'm trying to eat better. You know, all of these things I can do and just do that. And if it's not all the things that you wish you could do, well, so what? What can I do today is the only thing that moves me forward.
0: You can hand the checkout person your
1: avocado. I just put it on the conveyor belt and she literally <laughs> and instinctively saw this is someone I need to be in service to. And she did it with that kind of just casual, just da da da, just twisted it and then looked over at me. And I'm like, good, you have pleased me, my good and loyal servant
0: next thing you know she's on her knees sucking your dick
1: oh no fuck that dude (laughs) on her knees with me behind her
0: oh yeah pumping away (laughs) just literally
1: i will literally put the bag of avocados on her back
0: oh my god just
1: to just to remind her that that is the reward for her good service to me Call me hun. Look me in the eye when I'm this horny. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> I had a wet dream standing at the <laughs> cash register of Aldi supermarket. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. <laughs> stop Topic. Does a pussy taste like eggplant? Random Topic now. Well, normally we would clear an hour for the magic that Lady Solaris has going on in her kinky world but this week I just from what I hear it hasn't been super exciting for you.
3: No, not really exciting unless you're into to dental kink.
1: Now then, my Michelle is definitely into dental kink. Yeah, I uh, know.
3: I've been thinking about her a lot over the past couple weeks.
1: I don't think, Solaris, that you're necessarily a dental bottom by choice. Not at all. But you did have a couple root canals.
3: Well, I had a root canal. Well, I guess it was a couple, technically, because they had to do. The root canal first of like a a temporary procedure. Let it air out for several days, and then go in and complete the procedure. And I still don't have a tooth. (laughs) I'm still waiting (laughs) for that.
1: Toothless. They gave you some of those little chew toy things that you just kind (laughs) of. You just have raisins over the top as your crown, like we did when we were kids. Mm -hmm. Just bite some raisins. Yeah, it's it's good, and and you know, that's a modern medicine at its best. You know. But, uh, but we do have a topic that I think is uh, pretty interesting that I could definitely use some of your input on. Yeah, definitely. It's something that I've been seeing in the past couple years. I guess this started kind of around the 2019 and the social meds, you know, around the TikTok times and, and, uh, and, and it's a, a slang word that's kind of funny, but it possibly has now been starting to bleed into confusion into a way that may be harmful to some of the people in our uh, our lovely uh, kinky community here. And that is the term simp. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with this term, but I heard it a lot in the last year or so. You have a definition written down. Why don't you read one of the things you looked up on what is a simp?
3: Yeah, there's a lot of information about it I think because it has been exploding particularly on TikTok. I had never heard of it until you mentioned it to me. I'd never I'd, I'm not that into TikTok. Um, <clears throat> but I w- I found this article written by a gentleman named Nick Hall and it's the title of it is What is a simp? The true meaning explained. And he states that To put it very simply, a simp is someone who tries way too hard to impress the person they like, often going above and beyond to satisfy their every need. This, in turn, devalues them as a person acting subservient to their crushed or their partner. But it also has like more deeper connotations than that. That's that's just like the basic definition.
1: So the basic joke, uh, this is a term that has actually been around in many other forms for a long time. You've called them emotional tampons, stripper slaves. The term generally defines is a guy who bends over backwards and gives money and favors and basically just is a doormat for a woman who is never going to sleep with them on the hopes that maybe they will someday see how great of a person they are how nice they are and then eventually break down and sleep with them so it's a very dormatty thing it can be actually very talk a very toxic relationship and it's very different from a male submissive at least the healthy positive you know kink lifestyle that we try to promote uh, as the term male submissive, and it's starting to get to that point with this word "simp," that people are now associating male submissives who want to be in submission to a female dominant as a simp, and they're actually one is very negative, and of course, as we know, our male submissives this is an incredibly powerful and and positive part of a power dynamic.
3: Yeah, and um in reading that article by uh, that gentleman Um, Towards the end of the article, he really kind of hits it more home as to what particularly Gen Z is talking about in terms of simp. And that's where it's someone who instead of working on themselves and attempting at attracting a member of the opposite sex by being thoughtful or interesting, focuses on being controlling and behaving in a really negative way to gain an advantage. And that is not at all what male submission is in male submissive.
1: Go ahead. I was going to ask you to give your definition of your experiences with male submissives as a female dominant.
3: Yeah. So as a female dominant, a lot of times male submissives are individuals who... Really have their shit together. They tend to be individuals that have to control a lot of things in their lives, like they're executives or they're in higher end positions, or they're they're the caregivers in their family of somebody else. They're constantly having to take on a lot of responsibility in their lives, but they decide to give themselves to their partner, male or female, to play a subservient role so that they can have a power dynamic and a power exchange. And it, it's more about the male submissive focusing the attention on the dominant partner and their individual needs, as opposed to trying to manipulate and control that person. The, the male submissive is doing it uh, to have fun, to, um, to, give themselves to their partner to, uh, gain a more intimate relationship with somebody. It is completely different than the definition of simp.
1: And there is a reciprocation, uh, on behalf of the, uh, the dominant back to the submissive. There is a sexual reciprocation. It's basically, it is a relationship with a power dynamic. In its healthiest form, because, of course, we could talk for days about uh, the negative aspects of people in the different dynamics who are not doing it in the way that we talk about ad nauseum on Perverted Podcast and all of the healthier aspects of the kinky community. We're going to leave that alone. But when we break down the general, I really like what you had to say about male submissives, because I know male submissives that are former combat veterans that are people that had bullets whizzing at them in war and these these men are you know a, a lot of people now are starting to reassociate male submissives with weakness and i'm like dude um you go ahead you go you go tell the combat veteran <laughs> that he's weak you know it it doesn't have anything to do with a level of masculinity it has to do with your desire to be of service or to focus your attention in a subservient way to the person of your desire in that power dynamic does that kind of make sense
3: oh 100% um, that that is what a healthy dynamic feels like it is it's it's this exchange between you and a partner and for me If you are an individual who is confident, if you are an individual who mostly has their shit together, if you're an individual that has some sort of emotional connection with other human beings, and then you decide that I am the person that you are going to submit to for however long we have a play session or however long the relationship is, that to me is a gift because you have decided to let me do fun things to you that could potentially damage your body forever. <laughs> but I'm not going to because I trained a lot. But it, it, to me, it, it is a very masculine thing to do. And, and that's why this simp potentially being intermingled with a male submissive is not at all okay from a female dominant perspective.
1: I, I completely agree. And of course I think about our lovely Caleb, the, the one that you are are married to. And uh I believe Calem has been an exceptional example of somebody who is confident, in control, intelligent, uh very hardworking, very just a smart fucking guy. Um And his dynamic choice in relationships and his relationship with you has been a submissive.
3: Yeah, he, you know, he's obviously now more of a switch, but with me, he does play the submissive role and you can even see it even in our like more day to day vanilla ish type life. He's just an individual that really likes to help people and he he likes to have experiences he likes to experience different things with people he constantly just wants to one up himself in how many experiences he can have in life because he feels like this is the only life that he has and so he better make the most of it and so he loves connection with people and he loves that that submissive connection and that that was one of the things that really kind of opened my eyes in terms of male submissive. He was the first male submissive that I ever came in contact with that was confident, that wasn't a dick, that, um, that wasn't somebody that was like trying to manipulate me to get what they wanted. He wanted to do what I wanted to do and wanted to try those things. And then he'd give me some feedback on how we could do things better. And it, it was a very easy relationship. It was very kind and very loving and it still is but it, it you know it changes over time but he he completely changed the way that I thought about male submissives because i hadn't i had more of the quote simp type people where they were manipulative they were trying to do things for me so that they could basically just get sex out of me get get their needs met and that was their end goal that was never the end goal of calum he just wanted to spend time with somebody have some fun gain some new experiences and then you know still be friends with a person at minimum afterward and yeah it's nice it's that nice. is
1: an exceptional example. And from my experiences, because of course I was involved in the stripper community and and for a while in my younger days, which I never got that into, but, um, you know, and I know a lot of the simps, stripper slaves, and it is very toxic and it's very negative, And it usually is a weakness on uh, the part of the male because they... They don't have that confidence. They, they, they hyper focus on one object of their desire that is absolutely not attracted to them, has given them the, Oh, I love you like a brother here. Please go feed my cat while I go fuck this guy on the hood of my car at a ski resort. You know, it's just that constant, you know, allowing yourself to just be. Focused on one person who clearly doesn't want you, but is clearly willing to take advantage of you, um, because you've put yourself into that position, and and it and I, in all of these relationships where I've seen the negative aspects of it in play, I have never maybe when the the chick turns fifty and she's no longer hot and uh, you know pulling in all the the hotness. Then sometimes I've seen after 20, 30 years, the the simp gets the girl. That these relationships can last that long. And it's kind of sad.
3: Yeah, and... Don't get me wrong. There is a bit of that in the BDSM community. There are female dominants that take advantage of men who act that way. Um, I know that uh, in reading some stuff on Reddit that a lot of people thought that uh, financial domination, that that men that wanted to have financial dominance over them, that they were much more aligned with simp than they ever would be male submissive. But I would counteract that.
1: Here's the thing about, here's the thing about pay pigs and male submissives and financial dominance. There is an actual exchange of eroticism in it and it's humiliation. It's a whole different thing. There is still a tease and denial that is wrapped into the finance, the Fendom, um kind of pay pig thing where it's, it is actually more of a tease and denial. And Headley's talked about it a, a, a little bit. That it's that building of, they're letting you know. It's not like some, oh, maybe I'll get you subtext. It is an in-your-face type of humiliation. Like, oh, you're never going to get this. Do you want this? It's a lot more tease and denial than the subtleties of a simp. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah, it does make sense. Simp is just, I mean, that's the thing is the, the historical version of simp was, simp is short for simpleton. That is what they would call these men, simpletons. They're they're simps. There's they're another- a foolish person. They're silly. Like why are they doing what they're doing?
1: <laughs> There's another uh what do you call an- uh, acronym? <laughs> It's simp stands for suckers idolizing mediocre pussy.
3: Yes. I also read that. <laughs> <laughs> Which
1: is kind of true. So uh I like that. I'm glad we talked about this. And once again, you know, we all make jokes and it's funny to do that. But to also understand that there are differences in some of these terms. And and I, I was starting to see a lot of Reddit posts and things like that referring to kind of male submissives as simps. And so I thought it was a good idea that we just kind of talk about some of the differences and back up our, our male submissive brethren. Solaris, thank you so much for joining me
3: on this talk. Of course. Thank you for bringing it up. Boogie. Sexy
1: with a scalpel. Path girl cuts up body parts. If you choose to fuck with her, it might not be that smart. Path girl girl rockin' hard path girl path girl if there was ever a time of collective evidence that i believed that you honestly path girl just need <laughs> to be bent over and fucked it's it this is i now have all the proof i need
4: the evidence is mounting the ev- and it's not mounting me. You are not
1: being mounted, <laughs> but the evidence is definitely mounting. You are forgetting the simplest of things. How are you, Path Girl? Or should am- we speak slowly?
4: Yes, talk in small words. <laughs> Single syllables. Good. Hi. Good
1: girl. Good girl. Which will just good spread girl. We'll just spread it apart so it's good. Girl. <laughs> bath girl you know i love you we have both had pretty hectic weeks have you had any fun though
4: uh yes i did actually last saturday night i finally got to do vampire glove scene 2.0 oh
1: with the did he wear the costume thing
4: oh he wore white scrubs it was absolutely delicious oh that is
1: so much fun (laughs) now that was that it at his private place or uh...
4: yeah it was a it was a private party at, at their place and um I wasn't really in the mood to do it in the beginning because I, I just just kind of been off for the last couple of days. But once I got there and got around, it was a bunch of our kinky friends hanging out. And it was like, this is the energy I needed. Let's go ahead and do it. Um, but, yeah, he actually put on uh, a white scrub top and bottom. And uh, we started with uh, some leather uh, riding straps. And uh, he's got this rubber flogger that I really like. And then he... Started with the vampire gloves, and we decided to push the envelope, not only with the scrubs, but um, the last time I did a vampire glove scene with him, I played topless. This time, I gave him some permission to touch down on the bottom. Oh. yes! So, we had a little bit of crotch action, too, which was, oh, 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 Now, when we say crotch action, for
1: for our listeners that are just tuning in that have never been on Perverted Podcast, vampire gloves are leather gloves that have tacks. Or pins that come out of the fingers about a quarter to a half inch, and you still spank with those and they do draw blood so yes, so yes. now go and on.
4: actually the gloves that I have the 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 pins come all the way down to the palm, so you can get a full handful of uh, um, pins in it yeah there but uh, previously, when I had played with doc, uh, he had just been touching my breast with them and then spanking and touching the rest of my body but This time we had talked about he actually put them right on top of my crotch. And it was like I was afraid to move because it's just (laughs) those pins. Yes, He's just wiggling his fingers just a little bit just so I could feel it. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to move because it feels good, but it could hurt really bad if I move.
1: (laughs) I think that was wise. I'm I'm, I'm with you. I'm totally with you on that. That is a moment of forced submission. That is.
4: Oh, oh. It gets even better because he took his index finger and pushed my chin up with one of the fingers with the pins. It was enough just to get the pins under my chin so I could feel it, but not enough to kind of poke all the way through. And it was one of those, I'm just going to hold you here for a minute and you're going to like it. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh." (laughs) yeah. (laughs) But during the whole scene, he had been um, hugging on me and kind of rubbing against me to kind of transfer more of the blood. So at the end of the scene... The scrubs were just covered <laughs> in blood. <laughs> it looked like he had killed somebody. It was so awesome.
1: Did you get any pictures of that?
4: Yes, I did.
1: I, uh, I didn't send them
4: to you. Oh, I need to send them Yeah,
1: you. hello. All... Duh.
4: Yeah. I don't... yeah. Okay, well, I'll send them to you. Cheers. I don't think but, we uh... can put
1: those on Fat Life, but uh,
4: no, I'm trying to
1: figure out you know. how you can. Well, you can privately, I think. I think if you set it to private for just friends, so I don't know how. To, yeah. So they're, they're up
4: on Fet Life for my friends. Um, and I selectively have friended some people from the show, like paddle Bob, you know, shout out to paddle Bob, but uh, yeah, they're, they're on there. And you know, I have a nice big shot of my ass with all the marks. And there's also a nice big bruise from, uh, he fou- f- finished off the scene with a paddle over all the vampire marks. and Oh, that fucking hurt.
1: <laughs> that must've been a delightful mess. Well,
4: God oh, damn yes. it,
1: Path Girl! Congratulations. That sounds thank you. That sounds and good on Doc. Good on Doc yeah. coming through, and then even doing the little posture stuff and some fingy oh, thing. Yeah. And yeah, you guys are progressing <laughs> quite nicely. Mm, yes, mm, my evil fingers are <laughs> just like mm, <laughs> yes. It is all working out well for Path Girl. Well, we're going to continue one of the discussions we've had about the dating apps a few weeks ago, and we're kind of going to we're going to kind of get a little bit into some uh, dating safety and some dating protocols and things, because most of us know. I I mean, we're not going to insult any of our listeners. Most of us know that the longer that you talk to somebody before you actually get together with them. You know, obviously, the better that is because you can, you know, the lies will start to show up personalities, kind of the cracks in the armor. You know, and this is male or female. This doesn't matter. You know, you will start to hear things over time. But we we also know that some people just got itchy junk, you know, and you just you need to go and meet someone at some point. And sometimes if you don't wait a long time, you may have to take a few. You're always going to have to take precautions when you meet someone for the first time. But uh, if you're going to meet someone sooner rather than later, it's uh, probably even a little more important to do that. So we're going to go and start to some things. So you got your itchy crotch and you want to go rock. (laughs) So why don't you start with some of the things on your list and we'll just go back and forth. And I know some of these are going to be real common sense for some of our listeners, but it's really good to go over these things to remember now that the pandemic in some areas is starting to ease up a little bit. And people are able to start going out on dates and feeling they're more comfortable with that. I think it's a good time to refresh on some of those, those basics.
4: Right. Well, one of the, the, the first things is one of the hallmark things I always do. And I said it previously on the, on the other uh, episode is don't use your real phone number. I mean, most of the people are chatting on, you know, okay, Cupid apps or texting apps, stay on those apps if you can, but if you, if somebody wants a phone number, there's plenty of free apps out there where you can give them a generic phone number that rings to your phone and texts to your phone so that person doesn't have your real phone number.
1: Right. Yeah. We talked about that one last time. Right. Okay. S- and so, of course, um, the, we can get into safe calls. Um, right. And there's a, there's a lot of different ways that you can do safe calls. And there's no, there's no limit to what you do to take care of yourself. There is no limit. There's there's like three or four different ideas that we're going to throw out and you can do all of them. You know, uh, one, of course, if you're going to meet someone, you know, we're going to always suggest meeting someone in a public place first, Um, get to that place before they do. Like right. if you're going to meet at a restaurant or a coffee house or or a bowling alley or wherever the fuck you're going to meet, um, get there first so you can kind of get the lay of the land. And also it's not bad. And this is actually a pretty common practice is to maybe say hi to your waiter or waitress first and say, hey, I have a first time date coming. Can you keep an right. extra eye out for me? Or right, if you, or the manager uh, uh, of the club, you know, you, you know, or wherever that you are. And that way you just put an extra set of eyes on there. Are you have some things to add to that?
4: Yeah. Well, actually, if you can try to pick a place that you're familiar with, you know, I understand sometimes you want to meet up halfway somewhere, but like you said, uh, try to just have somebody see you and go, hi, it's my first time here. I'm meeting somebody here. Could you just keep a look? Um, go to the bathroom before your date gets there. Seriously, because quite honestly, if you have to get up in the middle of the date and leave your food and drink unattended, it could be messed with.
1: So Yeah, absolutely. That is definitely, especially if this is someone you don't really know, um, you never can trust your drink. And, and yeah. you know what? I'm just going to be honest. If, uh, if I had somebody say, I don't feel comfortable leaving my drink with you because mm-hmm. I don't know you. Well, I know they don't know me. We've we've we're just meeting for like the first time. I don't personally have a problem with that if that makes them feel comfortable, if they want to take their drink and put it on the bar, if the bartender lets them do that or take it with them to the bathroom or, uh, you know, something like that or, you know, whatever you have to do to feel comfortable. We know that these things happen and they happen a lot. Yeah. So, all, so I don't have a problem if someone just says, I don't feel comfortable leaving my drink, but it is a good tip to just go ahead and try to use the bathroom before your date gets there. So, you know, you can. Right. I, and it's horrible that we have to fucking talk about that. It's literally yeah, cringy. And I,
4: unfortunately, it's just, you know, the one in a million that, oh, it's a one in a million. You know what? No, Somebody it's
1: not a one in a million. It's not exactly well, one in a million. It's about a one in yeah. 10,000. It's even probably even less than 10,000. Right. It is not a one in a million. It, it happens often enough that we have to kind of talk about this. Yeah. Probably should have yeah. looked up the the, uh, <laughs> the numbers. <laughs> if you know the numbers on that, let us know at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. How many dates end in a drugging? Uh, yeah. bill cosby that's pretty much a 98 mm-hmm. percent. that motherfucker <laughs> sorry
4: okay well going on even before you get there also make sure you have your own reliable transportation make sure you have a more than gas than you need and make sure your phone is charged this way if you need to start making emergency phone calls you're not dealing with a dying battery and have some cash on hand too just in case like you know, you have to leave your card behind or you drop it or whatever. Have some cash on hand, too, just in case.
1: Yeah, just keep it, you know, hide it in the trunk or something. Yeah. I, you know, a lot of people do that. They just keep 20, 30 bucks in the trunk. Right. So it's not that much if someone steals it. But, but at least right. you got something there. Her laundry change. I had to do that. Someone <sighs> I, I dropped my wallet outside the library the other right. day. And I came back 10 minutes later and it was gone. And Aww. somebody took out the 90 bucks that was in there Aww. and then threw the wallet at the door um, because that's, 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 uh that's the Burbank library. Um, so I was buying, yeah. but once again, I had, you know, a little, a little stash in the trunk. So I had my five, 10 bucks and I was able to eat. So that's uh those are really uh those are good, uh, good points yeah. to throw in there. Um, and
4: also don't, drink, please. Or if we could watch your alcohol consumption, be aware of your surroundings. And if you could have a drink, know what your limit is and stay below. it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. If, if you are going to meet somebody at your place or somewhere, uh, somewhere kind of rando, like a motel or something like that, there is absolutely nothing wrong. And once again, the people that get really, you don't trust me. No, this is a real world. We live in the real world. That's a red flag. When if, if someone came out which I, we recommend uh, go out to their car beforehand. Like if you're meeting uh-huh. someone and they're coming in and you're having a play date, like you've decided, Hey, let's just fuck, um, go outside, take a picture of them, take a picture of their license plate and send it to your friend while you are still outside. Uh-huh. Do not send. do not wait till you go inside to send that. Cause if someone's going to do something nefarious, they can go oh, take pictures uh, and then grab your phone from you. The second you get in inside so do that outside is take your pictures of your date outside say so smile for the camera you know and if they're really nervous about that then obviously that's a red flag there too
4: yeah i mean even the dates where i don't hook up dates for just dinner and coffee i send my safe call a picture their phone number and here's where a meeting and Every half an hour, an hour, I send a thumbs up emoji. It's just two buttons of click, click. I'm done. Right. And thumbs down, if I send it to them, is call me immediately and get me out of there.
1: Right, right, right. Sure, yeah. There, these are these are these are good tips. I mean, mm-hmm. the, I mean, obviously, one of the better ones is if you get, um, they have them. Uh, it's a cell phone controlled locking cock ring with a small explosive device mounted into it, <laughs> and. You make the man put it on and then you tell him your dick will be safe as long as I make it home the same way. And then you can release that. It's, it's pretty spy hunter type of stuff, but I think it's effective.
4: I may have to look into that. I think you can get
1: it on Amazon. I'm pretty sure it's on Amazon. The other thing that is obviously a possibility to do is that maybe you should just fuck in the car in front of a police station.
4: Yeah, but you could start running into problems with that. I mean,
1: you may get arrested, but you will be safer.
4: True. I mean, true. You could also do a background check on somebody to be safe. I mean, that is
1: a pretty common one. Uh, yeah, they've tried a couple websites where uh, where people sign up to the website with their license, and then they get verified and they get their police record checked, and it's just like a uh-huh. thumbs up or a thumbs down. Um. But obviously, if you know you have a record, most people know if they've been arrested. I've been arrested a few times in my life. Uh, I'm pretty sure I remember most of those. Okay. Um, so they're going to know and obviously not get on a site like that. And I know they've tried to make sites like that that screen people and vet. And they yeah. haven't really worked out the technology to make it uh, on a more broad uh, spectrum geographically. But, I mean, we are we are consistently working. Ultimately... If you take a few steps to remove the opportunities from somebody to hurt you, then there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's nothing, that's nothing to be ashamed of. It's, it's proactive, it's self care. And to be honest, as somebody who is the whatever you want to call me, the predator, the ethical predator, um, I actually appreciate somebody's self worth that they care about themselves enough to do those things. So I don't mind jumping through a couple of those hoops for you.
4: Yeah. I mean, it it boils down to, if you feel uncomfortable on during the date, leave, nothing is keeping you there. You know, if someone sounds too good to be true, they probably are.
1: Yeah. And listen to me.
4: Well, if it's you, you're a love God. So I
1: am a love God. I am (laughs) a per bank library. Love God. Dear God, (laughs) kill me. (laughs) <laughs> well, this has been a good – if you have other suggestions that you want to give us that we can share in other segments, uh, things that you've done, experiences that you've had, taking care of yourself. And once again, I we, we're like talking about men always being the evil ones, but bitches can be cray-cray too. Uh-huh. And you got to do things that take care of yourself on, on both ends. But if you have ideas or experiences, give us a shout at uh, pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. And we will continue this conversation Another time And Path Girl needs to get some Vaginal Penetrato
2: Yes I do We
1: celebrate your Voracious sexual Enthusiasm And titillate our listeners With your featured orgasm That's right
5: Alright, we are here testing out the Fuckbox 1000. I'm here with our Fuckbox tester, Maple. Maple, how are you doing this wonderful evening?
0: This evening, I am doing fantastically.
5: Um, are, are, are you, uh, w- would you want to, like, get into, like, how are you feeling, um, about the Fuckbox 1000?
2: Uh, mildly terrified, <laughs> but also f- excited.
5: Okay. Have Have you ever used any sort of like fuck machine type thing before?
2: No, I have not. This will be an interesting new experience. Okay,
5: okay, I've, I've, I'm. I'm. We here at Perverted Podcast love, you know, introducing people to uh, new and exciting things. All right, you ready? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it might be a little sudden. We'll scoot back just a little bit. Go. So this is just on the low setting.
2: Okay. Oh. How's that feel? mm <laughs> Oh. That that's starting to dissolve. <laughs>
5: <laughs> if you want it deeper, you have to scoot a little bit closer to me. Okay.
2: Oh. There you go. oh.
5: And, ooh. oh. <laughs> I have to help direct this one.
2: <laughs> oh. Probably Good. get closer so it's not coming out.
5: Oh, okay. Go
2: okay, ahead. Okay. There you go.
5: Ooh. Okay. No. Nope, no. Nope. You just have a real slippery pussy. It's teasing. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> you go. Uh, all right. How's it feel?
2: Oh, uh, it feels nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
5: In uh, uh, a scale of one to ten, ten being the best, where 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 would you rate this one?
2: Uh, I feel like we're a uh, like, uh, a solid six right now, but building. No solid thing. six. Okay. Yeah.
5: You want to try faster. For oh, sure. <laughs> oh,
2: sure. Oh. Okay. Oh. oh my god. Oh. Oh, oh, oh! Oh, fuck! Oh, god! Oh, god! Oh, oh fuck! Fa- mm. Oh, That's it. Oh, oh,
5: oh, 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 So, how would you rate this toy?
2: 10 out of 10.
5: (laughs) And what do you say?
2: Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Perverted Podcast. (laughs) Good pet. (laughs) Yay!
0: That
2: is, oh my
0: God, yeah. that's the dying end of show 340. <laughs> that sounds like a dying animal. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Oh God, that's so sad.
0: Please visit us on patreon.com forward slash privilege podcast. Consider becoming a supporter of the show by contributing... Five bucks a month if you give a fuck. And don't forget that you can always talk to Boogie and I by emailing us at, pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. You know, I really miss you guys. I would love to get emails from you guys saying anything. Say how much you like us. Say how much you hate us. We want to hear from you. Or you can send us a message to our Perverted Podcast Vet Life profile, cleverly entitled Perverted Podcast.
1: Easy how that works out, Kathy. We would have Even had... It? We had a miscommunication. There was some stuff for this week. There's definitely been some fun comments based on uh, some of the past shows, and we'll get to those uh, on the next show that we uh, throw out to you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you to our glorious show sponsor, Headley. And, of course, we are always looking for more sponsors, people that are willing to uh, and interested in advertising on Perverted Podcast. We will sell your product at the beginning or end of this show. Give me a... Give me a holla at pervertedpodcast@gmail.com to find out how to do that. And Kathy, Mm -hmm. we're just gonna do what we can.
0: We're gonna do whatever our venerable asses, old venerable. I'm trying on a new. It's a new word. I don't want to keep using old and decrepit. We're we're venerable from now on.
1: What's does that like? You owe somebody something? (laughs) Not Venmo. Okay. Oh, Oh, sorry. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> what oh my god i can't use new words with you you can but we have to do it as perverted uh perverted vocabulary okay. we should it's do that next inverted. week next okay. next show next show Let's, we're gonna do we shall venerable, do and we'll it. put it out to the perverted podcast listeners to come up with fucked up ways to use that word which i don't really know what it means but i'm sure <laughs> it means something to kathy Okay, <laughs> And we will do that next week And we will see you guys on the next show Which will be three hundred and fifty I was drunk and she was fine It seemed like a good idea at the time So I took her into that room And we made sweet, passionate be The door flew open and my fuckmate screamed The dude in the door was big and mean And clarity immediately returned to me As I dove right out the window Now I am running for my life Cause my boss is a mobster and I just fucked his wife Let's backtrack a little bit I was out of work and needed cash So I took this gig running coke and hash With only a few stipulations attached Keep your mouth shut and don't ever cross My boss was named Tony the Knife, and he had this habit of taking lives, so apparently it comes as no surprise, good Tony is mildly possessive. So now I am running for my life, cause my boss is a mobster and I just fucked his wife! Somebody come and I come and I put a bullet in my head. Somebody coming, and come and, I come and I put a rope around my neck. Somebody coming, and come and, I come and I put my legs in cement and throw me in the river. Please, please give me a place to hide cuz my boss is a mobster and I just blocked his wife. So here's what happened. I ran through the city in great despair, but the mobs got connections everywhere. Every time I hit, some son of a bitch would scream, Hey, Tony! He's right here! Tony finally caught me, and he looked me in the eye, and he whispered, I'm gonna enjoy watching you die. But just before I felt Tony's blade inside, a small, loose part from a low-budget Chinese satellite burned through the atmospheres at mock speeds and killed Tony right in front of me! Please, please take my good advice. If your boss is a mobster, don't
4: ever fuck his wife. Don't ever fuck
1: his wife. Thank you, China, for saving my life.